0: So this story goes back to when I was 17. My friend and I were a little buzz from party hopping all night. We roll up to Wendy's and ditch the empty bottles of Smirnoff ice as we wait for our food in the drive-thru at 2am. I had no idea that it was illegal to be out past a certain time if you were under 18, unsupervised, and in Arizona. That's when I catch a text from another friend. She asked me to pick up her order and she'll meet us at this intersection to eat with us. Okay, sounds chill enough. We get to this intersection, and there aren't any gas stations or grocery store lots to pull into, just some creepy office buildings and a dirt lot. I stupidly pick the dirt lot to wait for my friend, who calls me and is like, Hey, I'm at the intersection. Are you okay? I respond with, Yeah. Oh, I see you. That's when she says, Is that you with the cops behind you? That's when the feeling of no began to sweep over me, only to discover that in fact the cops were right behind me. Luckily, the car smelled like food and not booze and cigarettes, but this cop knew I was under the influence, and I also had a large bottle of rum that had already been opened that I desperately tried to hide under debris in my car before he knocked on the window. Like I said, though, he wasn't stupid, and it's fucking Arizona. No one gets away with a DUI in our city. This cop asked me and my friend for our parents' phone numbers. My friend's mom gets a call to come pick her up, and gets a verbal lashing from the cop about being underage past curfew, and explains the citation that he's handing to her. So I already knew what was coming. I, however, didn't have a voicemail set up on my new Nokia fat phone, And that's when I thought that I had a genius idea. I tell the cop that we didn't have a house phone, back when that was a thing, and that my parents only had a cell phone between them. But instead of giving him their number, I just feed him my own. As he dialed the number, my phone was already on silent and didn't audibly ring. It went to my non-existent voicemail over and over again. I tell the cop that my parents are probably out with their friends themselves, and the cop just says, Okay. He explains the ticket to me, and I think I'm going to get away scot-free, when he says that he's going to follow me home. From that point, I made sure to go the speed limit and not make any errors, but I'm shitting myself the entire ride home. Once I get to my parents' house, I park out front. My parents' cars are in the closed garage, Dark house. It looks like no one's home. I silently celebrate to myself. That's when the cop proceeded to park his car, hop out of the driver's seat, and follow me up to my front door. I unlock it, and I nervously say thank you, but he, instead of ringing the doorbell or doing the famous police officer knock, follows me into my house before closing and locking the door behind us. He's talking to me, making small conversation, checking out my living room, and that's when I start to freeze up because I'm suddenly sensing a very different energy from him. He asks me where the bedrooms are. I think that he's talking about my parents, but he clarifies, no, yours. Feeling more than just slightly taken aback, I lead him down the hallway, straight into my parents' room, and turn on the light. 100% thankful to see my sleepy-eyed parents, shocked to see an armed, grown man behind their young daughter. The cop lets out a breath and says in my ear, You lied to me, sweetheart. And he goes back into police mode, telling my parents that he found me out past curfew and that I'd need to pay a fine and attend a class. I never told anyone until now about the comments he made to me, but... My dad did ask him why he was in our house. I told him that I didn't understand that either. The cop had just followed me home, and then followed me inside. My father gets out of bed and thanks the cop for getting his daughter home safely. He responds that he was just doing his job. My dad goes to show the cop out, and I follow him because I want to tell my dad about the weirdness that just occurred. So, it's my father in front, the cop and then me. As we walk through the living room, the cop turns to me and whispers, that's a nice house phone you have there, motioning towards the handset on the wall. In that moment, it wasn't what he said that gave me the creeps, but how he turned and whispered it directly to me, with a gaze that I thought was going to turn me to stone. The moment the words left his lips, he was out the door and walking back to his squad car, And once our front door shut, I never saw that officer again. I can't help but think back to that night and wonder about what would have happened if my parents weren't in their room that evening. I know there are good cops out there. I personally know some. I go back and forth between being freaked out and thinking maybe he was just being thorough. But his comments are what stuck with me. And that sinking gut feeling they left me with. I'm interested in hearing what you guys think. I met my ex online when I was 19. When we began dating, I was shunned from the small Pentecostal church I grew up in my entire life. So naturally, as a 19-year-old, I clung to him because everyone I was allowed to know had cut me out of their life. Why did they cut me off? Well. They believed I was, quote, unequally yoked with a non-believer because I was dating a black man with long hair who happened to listen to ACDC. I thought they were judgmental, and I was drawn to outcasts because I felt like I understood them. My relationship with him was great for the first two years. Although I was incredibly inexperienced in his eyes sexually, he made me feel inadequate. The dynamic of a relationship was that he was three, almost four years older, knew much more about life than I did, and that I should listen to his advice on things because he knew better than I did. Around the two-year mark of being together, I noticed that he stopped going to bed with me. He was staying up late at night and doing things on his computer. I only later found out that he was sending not-suitable-for-work photos to other women and getting them in return. When I confronted him, He simply said, well, are you leaving me? I was heartbroken, felt like I only had him, so I stayed. He explained that he felt he had, quote, met the right person, but at the wrong time, explaining that he felt like I was his person, but that he didn't get to sow his wild oats, so to speak. I was devastated because, essentially, he told me that he wanted to be with other people, and that's when he pressured me into the swinging lifestyle. It started out with meeting other couples. He arranged everything. He dressed me and took photos of me. He spoke as if he were me to these other people in order to get playdates. When the playdates would arrive, he couldn't get hard, and he blamed me for his insecurities. I felt almost mind fucked into doing whatever I could to make him happy and leave him satisfied. You might ask me why I didn't just leave. Well, he convinced me that my friends and family didn't love me or support my decisions in life. He was an elaborate thinker. He had a reason for everything. He knew how to play on my emotions, knowing that I cared for him. He spun everything into a way to make me feel like he was caring for me. Although, I was only ever treated as his property or prized possession. He began controlling how I dressed and started setting up dates with men I didn't know, requesting that I take videos and pictures to share with him later on. I've always been a one man type of girl. This was so out of my element and I didn't feel safe. Although I didn't feel like I could speak up either. I began going on these arranged play dates with men to make him happy. Each time nearly having a panic attack not knowing the situation I was walking into. One time, coming back from a playdate, the man had claimed he recorded our session for me, but recorded the wall instead. That was the first time he ever physically laid hands on me. I learned the coping mechanism of dissociation very quickly. I entered survival mode and made myself into someone else to make him happy. And when I was at home, I was me. Until one evening where he told me he arranged a playdate for me, while simultaneously letting me know that he quit his job. I was confused. Why would you just quit your job without discussing it with me first? I went on this playdate and met a man I would have never touched with a ten-foot pole, who was offering cash in exchange for having sex with me. I was stunned, horrified, and felt like I was living in a dream more a nightmare. He had quit his job, and when I confronted him on arranging a paid exchange for sex with a guy who I would have never been with otherwise, his response was that it was my turn to provide for us. Rent was due in two weeks, and we had only $30 in our bank account. Once again, I felt like I had no choice. This went on for almost six months. He put me in lingerie, took photos of me in any position you could think of, put them on escort websites with an alias name and a text app to text clients. I never was allowed to keep the money, have a say in who I saw, and at the end of every weekend, he would thank me by buying a nice dinner and then keep the rest of the money to fix up his busted 1974 Ferrari. Afterwards, I would lie in bed and just cry myself to sleep. I told him so many times that I wasn't happy doing this, but he told me we needed to pay our bills. He was intimidating, demeaning, and a shell of the man that I thought I loved. My last client I ever had was law enforcement. They knew about him because he would stay in the lobby while I met clients. They separated me from him and asked me to tell them what my partner was making me do. I lied to them, told them that I was complicit and a willing party because I was taught not to be a snitch or to trust law enforcement. I got a misdemeanor charge for prostitution. I left him two weeks later while he was at his new serving job, packed up all my sh**, and went back home. This was back in 2014. Since then, I've gotten married and had two children. But I recently discovered videos of me that he had uploaded on certain adult sites, that have been there since 2014. One of them shows my face in it, with over half a million views. Is it too late to press charges for sex trafficking? This was in the state of Virginia. The video of my face on that site was a private video with my ex and I. I need it to be removed. I have a career, and I have three brothers, and I have a husband and children who never need to learn about this. I don't know my rights, And I don't know how to handle this situation because I've avoided it since I escaped that life, and now all these feelings are just flooding back to me. He's stolen my innocence, made me feel shame for telling my story, lied on my name to everyone we know to cover himself. He's now married in a different state, but has me blocked on all accounts, although I do have access to his wife's page. What would you do? Any advice? I'll be 45 in August, and this story happened back when I was 19. I find it as a testament to listening to the hairs on the back of your neck. My girlfriend and I were months away from being parents for the first time, and we were both working jobs. I worked in retail as a key holder, and she was working as an assistant manager at some place in the local strip mall. After my shift one day, I took the deposit bag, wrapped it up in my work clothes, put all of that in a bag, and I went to walk the five or so minutes to my girlfriend's job. Just before my hand hit the door to the mall though, a man came up and asked me if I could help with starting his car, that he needed to get to work but he couldn't figure it out on his own. Now, growing up, my family all had cars like that, so my first thought was, that damn air intake. Or whatever, and I said I'd help. We walk around the corner of the mall to where a car is sitting. My first thought, well that's the car that I'm going to help start. But that's when the guy says, so we just need to get in and I'll drive you to my car that I need help starting. That's when those hairs on the back of my neck start to rise. Now I've ignored gut instincts before, Truth be told, that's how I was with this girlfriend at the time. But this is a sensation that very clearly is telling me, if you ignore these physiological warnings, you'll be sorry. I quickly explained to him that I thought this was going to be a very quick thing and I have somewhere that I need to be, and I'm already late. I apologize and walk away from him into the mall. I watch him leave in the car before going on to my girlfriend's workplace. Once she's done with her shift, I tell her we're going to scrap our plans for dinner and make it home ASAP, dropping the deposit bag on the way. As we're crossing the parking lots to head to the bank in a roundabout way, I see the same dude who was in a hurry to get to work, slowly driving around the target parking lot, seemingly scoping people out even 26 years removed from this situation, there is no doubt in my mind that I certainly would have regretted getting into that car with that man that day. There's a very good chance that I wouldn't be able to tell you this story. I guess I'm here sharing just as a friendly reminder that if your gut ever throws you some spidey sense vibes, make sure to listen to your body.